come to kindergarten class. The Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. And today we are going to talk about more phonological awareness skills stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Because phonological um, awareness is where it all begins. Yes. What are we going to talk about today? So as intervention today, I was doing an activity with... um, Clompers, mm-hmm. I call them. Mm-hmm. They're like those tin cans with strings, or you can commercially purchase them. And I gave the kids a word like bag, and then they had to clomp to me, bag. <laughs> and they had a great time because it's a real kinesthetic way to get the three sounds down. It's like the basketball one that I really like where you dribble the ball. Well, you say the sounds. So they have a ball and they bounce it, bah. Uh, g, and then mm-hmm. make a basket or something like that. Yeah, right? and then they throw it to me. Oh, so ba ag, uh, and then they pass it to mm-hmm. me, and then I, and then I throw it to the next kid and say, "Tell me the sounds of cat," and then they'll bounce ka at, and then throw it to me, cat. And I just love those kind of kinesthetic activities that really get the movement of kids to today. I was so excited because I've got a little boy that. He's been in my intervention group since the beginning of the year, so um, a third of the year now, a little over a third of the year, and he's just is so close to getting it. He's he really has made a lot of movement, and he now finally is has gotten to the onset rhyme, but. He gives me the beginning sound and then the rest of the word. And today, with the clompers, he finally caught on that there are three sounds because he noticed everyone else going three times when they moved, and he wanted to. Go he three wanted times. to go three times too. <laughs> yeah, and he d- he wasn't doing it correctly. He would go ka at at <laughs> but he was getting the idea that there were more sounds going to be there. three dis- there were more sounds that ka at is not what i was looking for mm-hmm. so every time we did a word he would go ba ag ag so i just felt like that was such a celebration for him mm-hmm. that he now knows that i'm looking for three mm-hmm. sounds we've done a lot of sound boxes where we've moved um you know objects. I use giant checkers that you get at, um, oh, what's that store? Cracker Barrel. Mm-hmm. Cracker Barrel, they sell those big checker sets mm-hmm. out on their porch. And those checkers are so fascinating. Yeah, I kids. bet they are. So I have a black, red, black set for each kid. And I've done a lot of moving the sounds of ka, a, and a lot of things like that. But today with the clompers, he finally has decided, oh, yeah, I see what she wants. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite there yet, (laughs) but I know. So I was thinking maybe we should focus on um, blending and segmenting today. Okay. Why is it important for kids to be able to orally blend and orally segment, Mom? Well, reading is all about decoding words right Mm -hmm. and for a child to be able to decode using their phonic skills 
they need to be able to first orally blend and segment words. If you just jump to the phonics stage and kids even know their letter sounds and they say, they see a word and they say ka-at, they will say horse. <laughs> and if you've had a kid do that before, which I think every kindergarten teacher has had that experience where the kids do that and you're like, why do they do that? <laughs> they can tell me the sounds and all that. And it's because they have to have a developed oral um, sense of decoding, mm -hmm. if you will, mm -hmm. before they can physically read it. You know what's funny is I always play the game with my kids where I say, I'm going to tell you a word in a funny way and you tell me what word it is. And we say, k at, and they have to tell me cat. So I play that with them all the time. And mm -hmm. so um, E is doing more, ed he's doing more phonics now with Waterford, and, where they mm -hmm. give him the letters and they tell him, ask, want him to do the word. So he'll be trying to figure out what the word is. What is that? What is that, Mom? G will be, it's cat. <laughs> it's table. <laughs> it's chair. Because <laughs> she's just hearing the sound. And he's trying to look at those letters and figure out what they are so hard. So he's trying to convert the sounds into letters in his brain uh -huh. and then and read then, it in his yeah, brain. Yeah, and she's just <laughs> listening to the sounds the computer's making. What and is that? Like, what is that? It's Matt. She's like, you're, you're overcomplicating this. You're making this, this too hard. Just listen to the sounds. I got this. <laughs> make things too hard <laughs> yeah and he's right at that stage where he can do all of that stuff mm -hmm. but now he's moving into a more phonic stage and at that point it really is really important that you keep the phonological stuff going I think well that because a lot of once times... you start adding new skills you're suddenly increasing the cognitive load on a kid so you mm -hmm. don't want to take yeah yeah, you want to keep that foundation solid, mm -hmm. just like building a house, like we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. The foundation must be solid. And if you skip, and even if you have a solid foundation and you move on, you always have to lean back onto that foundation. So with E, for example, he's at that stage now where a lot of teachers move ahead and leave the phonological awareness behind and move on to the phonics and decoding and recoding words. And what should happen, rather, is while kids are moving on, because that's what we want them to do, we want them to do exactly what he's doing, but I always keep having these review, even with my top, top group who are reading um, early-leveled readers, I always have them practice segmenting and blending games all year long because I want them to get really confident with it and always know its importance. I'm wondering if we need to back up. That was kind of rambling. <laughs> I'm wondering if we need to back up and talk about onset rhyme and be initial, medial, and final sound. Do we need to talk yeah, about I think that, that would be. I think that would be a great place to start okay. because the beginnings of blend, blending and segmenting begin 
with beginning sound. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've really noticed on Pinterest and um, Teachers Pay Teachers is that I feel like there's a real giant confusion over the phonological skill of beginning sound. And the phonics because I, And, yeah, because a beginning sound activity is only with pictures. You do not show the letter at you all. Don't make, it's, you don't yeah, I see that, yeah. too, where it's like, we're going to practice beginning sounds. Write down the letter you hear at the beginning of banana, which is no, 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 no. <laughs> Yeah. No, 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 or no, match, no, no, Or show me what letter banana starts yeah. with. And, and That's a phonics skill. No, that is not a phonological awareness beginning sound skill. That is like 500 skill. steps beyond what we're talking about right it now. It really is. It's way up the ladder. And it's a very important skill. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It's a very important skill. But it is not a beginning sound skill. Mm-hmm. So if you want a beginning sound activity and you're going to purchase something, if it has any alphabet letters on it, don't buy <laughs> Don't it. get that one. Or get that one, but because, save it for another day. <laughs> yeah, save it for another day. Because a beginning sound activity cannot have any alphabet you might be buying a handwriting activity is what you might be buying yeah yeah or a letter sound activity or a million things that are an important skill but they're phonics skills they are not phonemic awareness skills so anyway talk about what a beginning sound activity actually looks like okay so a beginning sound activity is where segmenting and blending truly begin And so a beginning sound activity would be um, one of my favorites is I just have a basket of random classroom objects. There's glue, there's a stapler, there's scissors, there's pencil, there's markers. It's just all the junk I've gone around the classroom and thrown into this basket. But it's all common things because I'm trying to also help the kids with lower vocabulary skills learn name the names of common things in our classroom Ooh, look at you hitting two skills at once Ooh. i know Ooh. you know i taught half day kindergarten for 20 years i had to, <laughs> learn, had to learn to, learn to smash to the curriculum in <laughs> compacting the curriculum is what we always called it <laughs> it's called getting it done in three hours <laughs> and so i um just to pass the basket to the first player have them choose the um, one of the objects and name the object. So if they choose a glue, they'll say glue, and I'll say, what is the beginning sound of glue? And then after practice, they will say, go. And so that is what a beginning sound activity is. Now, after beginning sound activities, you move to ending sound. So then you can use the same basket of objects or picture cards or anything you want to use as long as there are no <laughs> alphabet letters in sight. And you'd say, um, pick one of these objects and they might choose a pencil. Pencil, what's the ending sound of pencil? And so that would be the next step after beginning sound is to make sure that they become fluent in ending sound. And after beginning and ending sound, then you want to introduce them to medial sounds. And medial sounds is something that actually just takes work all year long because medial sound vowels are tricky, you know. Mm -hmm. And so when you do the medial sounds, you want to make sure your picture cards or your objects are CVC words. 
So you want to make sure that there's a medial sound in the middle. And one thing that I really like to do with medial sounds at the beginning is give kids a mirror. So when they're saying the three sounds of a word, um, we're saying it together because we're just looking for the medial sound and I'm like, ka-at. Now let's say that, but I'm going to tell you to stop and look at your mouth. Ka-at, stop. And I ask them to keep saying, ah, all right, look at your mouth. Ah, and they love, of course, <laughs> what kid doesn't want to look at their face in a mirror. <laughs> and they're all looking, ah. And, and so I say, that's the middle sound of the word. Ka, ah, look at my mouth. Ah, does it look the same as yours? Ah, and then I have them look at their mouth a lot. And so that's kind of how I like to introduce medial sounds. And... Um, kind of at the same time because phonemic awareness kind of has a way of teaching but you also teach um, skills in tandem well, it's like number sense it's not a, it's yeah. not a progression it's more of no, a it's simultaneously developed set of skills it is however there are skills that need to be developed before, before others, others. Uh-huh. So there's some skills that are simultaneous, but others that are built upon other skills. Mm -hmm. For example? For example, while you're teaching beginning, ending, and middle sound, you can, you're also teaching blending mm -hmm. and rhyming mm -hmm. and syllables. Mm -hmm. And when you're teaching blending, the place to begin is onset rhyme. So I will have a basket of objects, and I love slinkies because slinkies... First off, they give me something to do, <laughs> and they give a visual for the kids to see as I go. I pull it out, ka at, and then I smash it together so it's got the noise element with it, and then we all say cat, da-og. So I will do um, a day or two of just onset rhyme activities, and then I'll begin to break them up into da-og. What's that word? Dog and I'll smash the slinky back together. I've also seen this done with rubber banding a lot, using rubber bands, but oh man, there's nothing like a slinky. Because <laughs> it makes that smash sound. Because <laughs> obviously I'm kind of still fat. <laughs> So Kindergarten keeps you, you do, young. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So after you do the onset rhyme, then you move into the three sound words, and you just do a whole lot of that. And so at the same time of teaching beginning, middle, ending sounds, and blending, you're teaching those skills simultaneously. And like I said, rhyming and syllabication is going on at the same time also. So I have also noticed that I think there is a little bit of uh, misunderstanding of the terms blending and segmenting. Mm -hmm. And blending is when you say the sounds and the child brings the word together. And that's all you do when you're doing blending activities. Jump, what's that word? Dig, what's that word? Those are all blending activities. A segmenting is when they say the sounds. Tell me the sounds of dog. D-A-G. And I just really notice a lot of people use those terms interchangeably of blending and segmenting. Oh. They're not the same thing. They're completely different skills. But 
a lot of people, and even in some reading series, they call segmenting blending. <laughs> and it's kind of a pet peeve of mine <laughs> because, you know, where I was trained by CORE, uh-huh. CORE is so specific uh-huh. in their continuum of phonemic awareness instruction that, yeah, it's like, It no, gets on your nerves don't. a little bit. <laughs> my nerves no <laughs> especially when i had a reading series once that called all segmenting activities blending oh i'm like you're probably not a big fan of that reading series huh i'm like please no please, please stop no, it. please stop please it's stop wrong. What's wrong? <laughs> oh but honestly if you know why you, you know they're two different skills i guess that's all that matters mm-hmm. <laughs> and so after segmenting kids are good at blending, is a little harder than blending isn't it in general for well, most kids segmenting is necessary for writing and blending is necessary for reading mm-hmm. basically mm-hmm. and kids that are more prone to be auditory kids um, are better at blending and kids that are more prone to the graphophonemic knowledge and putting things to pencil are always better at segmenting. So it depends on they, if they're more inclined to be input or output, huh? It really mm-hmm. does. It really does. So some segmenting activities would be like the one I talked about that I did today. Mm-hmm. Tell me the sounds of cat mm-hmm. and they clomp, cat. Mm-hmm. I have potato sacks. I like to do potato sacks. We're going to do them tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They'll be thrilled when they see them. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's the same thing. Tell me the sounds of dig, and they will hop in the potato sack. D-I-G. I like to kind of really do a mix of table games and kinesthetic games, and even, you know, games to music, anything, because I want to link to all the different intelligences and styles of learning, because you never know which one is going to finally sink in so <laughs> and be that light bulb so moment. what's an example of another way you practice blending or segmenting that uses another intelligence i have one blending activity that is um to a song that kids really like to do and it's kind of a blending segmenting game because remember i told you that blending is blending and segmenting is segmenting and different but after you've <laughs> after you've introduced both skills then you can combine them and do blending, segmenting, blending, segmenting, blending, segmenting. Mm-hmm. And that's really important to build fluency and automaticity in kids. So I have a, a, a song that I'll just make up and, and I just have a card and I hold it up and only I can see the picture. And I'll say, I am a cat. And then they'll say, it is a cat, <laughs> meow, meow, <laughs> and it's just fun. Or else then I'll, then I'll have them hold it up and say, it is a dog, and it's fun. That sounds so fun. So it's just, it's really fun, and there's no tune. <laughs> <laughs> it's just whatever tune you want to sing, <laughs> and because kids just like the sing-song motion of it. I think technically they're called sing songs. Isn't that what you call isn't that what you call those songs that are sing songs? I don't know. Sure. There's sure. a name there's a name for sure. it and I don't think it's sing song. Sure. No, we just they're called that. Why not? Because <laughs> it has a better name. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it is sing song tunes. I don't know. And I've got one that is a musical game. 
I have picture cards that I have put in bags. So each bag has about 10 picture cards in them. And I use those Gesu Purnell cards a lot mm-hmm. the, that come with their phonemic awareness kit. Mm-hmm. Or, of course, you know, I have a lot of my own cards. Yes, you do. And so I have about 10 in each bag. And if I have um, four players, you know, I like to have six bags so we can walk around more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why. And so we just do, like, musical chairs where we go around and do different, like, marching or tiptoeing. And then I stop the music. And it's so fun to play these musical games anymore with iPods because, yeah. you know, you have such control. <laughs> I do it on my iWatch, <laughs> my Apple Watch. <laughs> so it is so fun and easy to do because it's right there. And so anyway, then when the, when the music stops, they have to go to a bag and take it out. And then um, it's the picture card, and then they have to segment the word. And then if they get it right, then I have them. Um, uh, race around the circle back to the bag and then I go to the next person they name it they race around the circle back to the bag and so on until you're done so anything that you can get the kids moving singing using music any kind of rhythm um, rhythm sticks is another one or any kind of rhythm instruments jingle bells I have a jingle bell game that I just played the other day where we um, shook the jingle bells to the word as we said them um, as we said the three sounds and they just shook 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 the bells as we said the word so anytime you can get any of that going it really helps kids um, develop those blending and segmenting skills so after you've taught blending and segmenting without any alphabet letters <laughs> in sight <laughs> that is when you can then move into um, using letters and putting letters in the pocket chart as they say ka at what's that word so and once adding they that, have a that very, visual link very and, um, established and you know it doesn't skill. even need to be that established mm-hmm. it just needs to be introduced and practiced mm-hmm. because you know a kindergarten classroom your spectrum is 2 year old to 8 year old and so you just make sure that everyone has had a chance to hear what that is and practice it because they're all going to develop it on their own. And you have to move with at least the middle of your class. And so kids well, are going to be can't ready for that next part before other kids are. Yeah, and you can't assume that just because you have a student who comes in reading that they have their blending and segmenting down because there are kids who are sight readers and if they don't, if you don't back up and give them the phonological awareness, they're going to suffer later on, right? They crash in third grade That's for sure. Third I've grade had crash. I have had a lot of kids um, reading pretty well when they came to kindergarten. And this year I have um, a couple that are reading really well. And I can say this one student is the first time in a thousand kids that I have taught that came to kindergarten reading with finely developed phonemic awareness skills. Mm. That is not usually the the case. The case. No, and usually you have to prove it to the parents <laughs> because they don't, you know, they don't understand it because their kids are reading 
Mm-hmm. But then, um, you know, when you show them all these other little skills that they don't have, and once their kids hit multisyllabic words that is in content, then it really, it really is difficult on them, and they really do crash in third grade. Right. Right. So everybody needs it. My one student this year that's reading really well that does have the highly developed phonemic awareness skills cannot do nonsense words. Really? Well, because... Because they can't... He's so far above it. And not reading nonsense word is kind of a menial task that has a lot of research against it as much as really. (laughs) It's a controversial It's a controversial thing. So anyway, um, it's just pretty controversial because it um, it kind of is meaningless. And you can teach the same thing. In in fact, you can teach it way better by teaching CVC words and leaning on real words. But their theory is that a kid, um, they can't, you can't really tell if they're reading because they memorize every CVC word on the planet. And so you can't tell that they're really reading unless you have them decode um, nonsense words. And so I, there's a school in my old district where the Title I teacher there, they were just bombing nonsense word fluency in their things. Mm-hmm. And I said, and this is when I was teaching the Idaho Comprehensive Literacy course. And I said to her, she told me about it. And I said, well, do you teach the kids how to do it? No. What do you mean? I'm like, well, do you do any practice with nonsense word fluency? No. <laughs> what do you mean? Mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was so interesting because... It's not a secret that you need to have give kids practice with things that they're going to be held accountable to. Mm-hmm. And so once they started practicing nonsense word fluency, the you know, their scores did really well. And mm-hmm. so that's how I am with this one student. When I did it, he just you know, because he has own he's reading on a level N or above. So he expects words to make sense. He expects <laughs> words to make sense. He's a really a smart kid. He's reading books. And bom- words should make sense. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like just bombing these because well he was mostly missing the vowel sounds or just trying to guess and read the whole word into mm-hmm. a real word. <laughs> and finally I said, No, hun. These are pretend words. These are like if you lived on a planet where there are aliens, these are this is their language. And so you have to just tell me the sounds and then tell me what the word. And then he's like, oh, okay. And now he can do them with no problem. Now he's fine. Because <laughs> he just needed to have somebody, you know, explain he to him. And we needed t- and if you're going to do nonsense word fluency tests with students, you know, we owe it to our students to... Teach them, them what a nonsense word what they're doing. is. Yeah, what they're doing, what mm-hmm. they're looking for, because it's pretty weird. Because otherwise it's weird. <laughs> Here's this thing. It's I not can't a remember word. what our point was. Read it for me We now. had a point. <laughs> our point was nonsense words are weird. I know, but what did it have to do with blending and segmenting? We were talking about how kids bomb in third grade if they don't have their phonological awareness, and they're just reading by memorizing sight words only. Yeah. Okay, so maybe, maybe, maybe there was a point to what we said. <laughs> there was the point to it, maybe. Maybe. 
If you would like to write to us and tell us what our point was, <laughs> you can write to us. Can we will give you a free product of your choice if you can tell us what our point was. <laughs> because I had a point, I just can't remember what it was because my story was too long. <laughs> and you can pick out your free product at kindergartenkiosk.com. <laughs> I'll even give you two products. <laughs> I had a really good point. I can't remember what it was. Uh, well, everyone, have have a great day and. And keep those kids blending and segmenting. And remember, phonological skills are skills where letters are not anywhere near the activity. (laughs) You you keep those in the file cabinet because the the phonological skills... You'll need those later. Yeah, you'll need them. You'll need them. (laughs) But the phonological skills are are like, um, you know, they're like crawling for a baby. They're the things you need. If a kid walks before they crawl then you get kids that have a lot of learning problems hey interview your dad about that (laughs) (laughs) did my dad he walk before he crawled (laughs) 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 goodbye everyone goodbye everyone kindergarten kiosk is a proud member of the education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?